can I just say I thought of something kind of funny and also horrible? Um, what is it that they say about people? Like, behind every great man is a great woman. Um, <laughs> I like where this is going already. <laughs> and so, um, I'm sorry, Mike Richards, I don't think you are a woman. I think you are wonderful. But I guess behind, it, it's kind of the similar thing. Everyone, uh, you know, glorifies Jeff Carter for all of his goal scoring, which they very well should. But behind Jeff Carter's greatness is his lady, Mike Richards. His lady and sentiment, Mike Richards. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richards puts it in front. Carter, score! some swagger. Push come to shove, we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome to the third episode of the Thanks Bud podcast. I am Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. And now the Kings have a 3-2-0 record. Um... Look at a little bit better after those first two games. Diane, how do you feel about the team so far? Um, I'm glad that we're winning games. It's concerning that we can't seem to win any in regulation. Yeah, that's pretty upsetting. So, so far the Kings have only had um, one overtime win, and the other two wins came in shootouts, which, you know, is exciting that they are able to win in overtime, because I feel like the few times they went to overtime last season, it was a little bit shaky. Shoot- shootouts, too, were uh, a bit shaky in them trying to win it. Right, so it's good that they look a little better now, but I would also like to win in regulation. Yeah, like I was—that's what I was really hoping for the game against the Senators. But no, let's just go to OT for uh, twenty-eight seconds. Why not? Let's give the other person a point. So after the games that the Kings have had so far, points leader Jeff Carter, also leading goal scorer. So he has five points total, four goals, and one assist. He almost had two assists, um, but for whatever reason, the assist that he was going to get in Winnipeg, or so it was reported, never actually got awarded to him, probably because somebody realized, hold on, Jeff Carter is not supposed to have an assist. That's my theory. That, that's too many assists for him. I mean, if it's if we're already uh, five games in and he has two assists, that, that's too much. That's, yeah. What is Something that? must be wrong. The other two people with points are Kopitar. He's got four assists. And uh, Mike Richards, three assists. The Kings not scoring a whole lot of goals to start the season, but, you know, they're at least for the most part not losing by a lot in these games either, so it could be worse. After tonight's game quick save percentage is now over 900 so things yeah starting to look a little better this was probably the best the kings have looked overall in a game it was kind of boring <laughs> i'll be honest i was kind of <laughs> bored i didn't really get a chance to watch it but as I, I watched like some of the the clips and and things like that and from what i gather it was just like too evenly matched yeah just one team needed to be better and or worse yeah everybody was like competent enough um nobody was doing anything super spectacular until like actually the whole game was scoreless for through the first and second period it wasn't until the third period um kings were on the penalty kill and then dwight king the top you know left winger for this team according to daryl sutter scored a shorthanded goal and it was a pretty sweet goal so i don't know maybe he's finally living up to expectations she says hesitantly (laughs) question mark um all of that is improbable to me like everything that you said um feels like it's fake in that dwight king scored a goal and that dwight king scored 
or the Kings in general, scored a shorthanded goal. So how exciting. What a game. Yeah. What a third period. Let's say what a third period. Wonderful moment. Twitter exploded. It was nice. And then literally before any of that excitement could die down, Jeff Skinner on the Hurricanes ties it up, which, you know, great. He's very adorable and has a wonderful smile. But goddamn. Okay. Yeah. What? Yes. He has a great smile. (laughs) I am not. He is young, but I will say that he has a great smile. But yeah, it was like 40 seconds later that Jeff Skinner scored that goal. And I'm sure whoever was watching on Game Center wasn't caught up since Game Center is constantly behind and was like, wait, I'm currently celebrating Dwight King. Why is why are people talking about Jeff Skinner? (laughs) Game Center. Spoiler alert. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, you know, no crazy amount of time to celebrate there. And then uh, the Kings end up going to a shootout. Quick stops everybody. Jeff Carter is the only person to score for the Kings. And you know what? That ends up being all that matters. Kings win in a shootout. Two points to start this four-game road trip. It's a good start. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Especially, uh, I mean, because now it makes it seem like the Kings are not actually, or potentially, I mean, you know, many games lie ahead. But potentially to start not terrible on the road so far this season, which um, is uplifting for me personally. It's so funny because it's it's still extremely early in the season, but I am so cautious slash pessimistic, pessimistic about everything that I'm just like, oh my god, everything is over, or everything is great, even though nothing has really happened yet. Like, there's, there's no need to worry about any, like, home records or or uh, away records or how we're playing on home or away, because nothing, like, there has not been enough time, but still I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is the uh, jumping off point for the entire season. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of people, even though everybody knows the first, like, two weeks of games in particular aren't really worth that much in sort of determining how a team is going to look all season, it does sort of set a tone in some ways for fans especially if if you're still looking back to the the past season or at least that's how it is for me like so I feel like oh it's been all summer so the Kings should have fixed the problems that they had on the road and so then I would be like really disappointed when they lose terribly like that Winnipeg game even though they managed to come back and it most of the way and it wasn't as embarrassing as it could have been but yeah then it is like you know heartening even though it shouldn't be because it doesn't necessarily matter (laughs) that they don't look terrible on the road so far at least they're improving yeah. Um, considering how the Kings started on Monday, um, oh, and here we are God. Friday, I'm glad uh, we eked out a win. While we were sort of getting everything together to do this episode, I was like, Monday seems like it was a million years ago, but I think that's also just wishful thinking on my part. Monday seems like literally forever ago. Everybody knows what happened Monday. How can anybody forget it? But just to set this up, last minute, both myself and Diane decided to get tickets to the home opener. (laughs) Because why would we plan to do this? Like, I had been thinking about going to the home opener, and I was like, oh, maybe. And then, so I live in Santa Barbara, and at 4 p.m., actually like 4.30, I was like, I think I'm going to buy a ticket to this home opener, bought a ticket on StubHub, got on the road at 5, and... I hate traffic, and then made it to the Staples Center just in time for a puck drop. And actually, you were in the room, just because I had been watching the opening ceremonies at that point, you made it into the room in time to see Jeff Carter's moving headshot, did you not? I did. I was actually really excited, because I stopped on the stairs, I was like, wait, what's happening? And then Jeff Carter, and like his face was there, and I got to see everyone on the ice, so that was good. Perfect timing. What you missed was Robin Regeer's terrifying headshot, which um, I posted the picture of the still 
or whatever and literally it was that picture but like in motion so you missed that but showed up in time for jeff carter and so i was like oh my god perfect conditions right now how i've wonderful. never been more thankful that jeff carter wears number 77 and is therefore at the end of the line in terms of all of these introductions but it's unfortunate that we have both dwight king and robin regeer in the i will murder you with my eyes category <laughs> so that's always fun uh, and uh kyle clifford soul eater <laughs> oh yeah all of him is just horrifying we you know we managed to pull it together and make it to the home opener in time both of us thanks bud was in the house and then you know the kings start this game and it's a hot mess even though the first period was not actually terrible and things were fairly even for both teams it wasn't like they came out and dominated which is what you want to see in your home opener um, and especially after the previous two games that the kings had where they were struggling the whole time but that's not what happened they continued to be pretty messy it was it, it was unfortunate i was like am i just not used to like it was our uh, i mean we went to prison fury but it was like the first game of the season so i was like am i not used to watching hockey were the kings always this sloppy in their passes um just nothing seemed to be connecting at all yeah and it was it, super frustrating it felt like every time anybody sort of started to put something together a pass wouldn't connect or there would be a ranger you know right there the rangers had their four check going the kings couldn't figure out what the word four check meant the rangers had their four check going on jeff carter in particular too <laughs> yeah, like, they were shutting that was, him down i was just i well i was just staring at him trying to will him um to score a goal but uh the rangers were always there blocking the lane or um getting all up on him can't blame him but wanted them to stop doing that yeah um at the end of the first period, uh, the Rangers had scored one goal, and it was it was fine. Like the shots were even, so the Rangers managed to score one, whatever. But then in the second period, the Kings um, decided to take a break. They played twenty minutes of hockey. They're tired, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, calm down. So that's how this works, right? It's only twenty minutes, and then you can go home. Yeah, second period's like an intermission. Like <laughs> you, it's like a half played intermission. And then okay, Jeff Carter, very clearly Diane's favorite. My favorite on this team is Jonathan Quick. So imagine how wonderful, and by wonderful I mean awful, it felt to be sitting just to the right of him in goal, because I like to sit near Jonathan Quick because I like to, whatever. It's because we like to see him stretch. (laughs) It's true. That's essentially it. Yeah, I like it when he's really competent at his job, you know, doing the splits. So anyway, I was sitting there, and then to see him go out to stop this uh, puck that was cleared during a power play for the Kings, Rangers clear it, he goes to stop it, drops the stick, next thing you see, oh what, this little puck floating towards the net, is it gonna cross the line? Of course it is. And we were sitting in front of basically the worst person in the world. Oh, he, okay. I don't know if he was Canadian. I mean, I don't think he was Canadian, but he was just like, yeah, man. Yeah, Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like yelling the entire time in a very loud, like, hey, boys, come on, Nash, Nash, get your butt up in there. I was like, I am going to throw my non-existent drink in this guy's face. It was awful. He was trying to sort of call the game and also just cheer for the Rangers really loud. And also, like, whoever, um, the woman that was with him, clearly wasn't actually following things very well. So he was also trying to explain it to her. And she kept asking the same questions 800 times in a row, especially after Quick's gaffe. She was like... Did he? So he dropped his stick, and then oh, that was the worst. <laughs> because 
it was just like an extended time because also someone went to go get a drink while this happened and came back. So the gaffe happened. She is trying to figure out, like, she's like, so what happened? They dropped the stick and then it went in. And then when someone else came back from, like, the bathroom, she retold the story and we all had to relive it. And then when the guy came back from getting his drink, she retold the story and we all had to relive it. So I was just like, this is a nightmare. This is a Groundhog's Day of terror. Right, yeah, yeah. So that's what it was like, you know, for me. Watch your favorite player on the team make this horrible mistake in the home <laughs> opener and then have it replayed in audio over and over again for like the next 10 minutes. By a Rangers fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was actually pretty funny because, not not funny, it was, it was sad, but we were all incredulous when it happened. We all just sort of looked at each other and I wish ever, I wish I had taken a picture of your face um, and just you just sitting in your chair like, whole what just happened? It was a rough time. It was I mean, not Obviously, great. it was um, worse for Jonathan Quick, but uh, it, was, it was pretty rough for me, too. And then, of course, his next stop during the same power play, because obviously it's not going to stop because he scored an own goal. He stopped a couple pucks, and people sort of gave him uh, the Bronx chairs, sarcastic sort of. Uh, celebration for managing not to score any more on himself. I don't know. A lot of people had like a huge problem with this. Uh, did it bother you a whole lot, Diane? I didn't. I thought it was hilarious, but I also assumed that Jonathan Quick had a sense of humor and he knew what was up. And um, yeah, it was like the easiest little saucer pass towards the net, and he just like very smoothly stopped it, obviously. And everyone gave a cheer, and he gave a sarcastic. Uh, pageant wave back so yeah i i didn't i didn't think of it as like an offensive thing mm-hmm. i was just like hey it, it was funny it's a thing that happened we're still all on your side and he's like i get it we're all in this together high school musical hooray i also get like the perspective of people who didn't interpret it that way at all and like they're upset and you know you don't heckle your own players or whatever but it didn't seem like heckling because literally after those couple times it was done it wasn't like people harped on it um quickie played a really strong game the rest of the game and it was done and i feel like i feel like it's for me i think it would have been weirder if nobody did anything only because it's sort of like when you fall down in public and then people are just supposed to pretend that they didn't see it we all saw that we all saw the goal (laughs) going We saw it happen. And it was, it, it wasn't like it was something, you know, 10 minutes later. It was yeah. literally the next save he had. And that was it. Everyone moved on. Like, I didn't even realize that it was going to be a thing until I um, perused Twitter later. Yeah. And people had a lot of opinions about it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So it didn't bother me a whole lot. Obviously, you know, Jonathan Quick is my favorite player. I'm like, whatever. It was embarrassing. Brush it off. And you know, come back from it. Although it is unfortunate that we were the only California team not to completely trounce the Rangers. Ugh. Oh my God. <laughs> like that's really upsetting. Not even just like the only California team because the only other team they've played are the Phoenix Coyotes and even the Coyotes beat them 4-1. So the Kings are literally the only team that performed even more terribly than the New York Rangers. Like, they performed so badly that the New York Rangers looked good. That's depressing. (laughs) I'm glad this is the beginning of the season. Yeah, feel super positive about it. So after that game, even nobody really stood out as looking great for that game. There were no heroes of that game. Interestingly, in the next practice, Daryl Sutter harped on one particular player, though. Jake Buzzin. 
under the bus. So hard under the bus. The quotes per uh, Lisa Dillman from the LA Times on Twitter. Sutter says, he's struggling a lot. You're not going to win many games if you're a guy playing significant minutes and you're a high minus player. He also said that Muzzin probably should not have played in the first game against the Minnesota Wild, which is weird because then he went on to play two more games. I don't know why it took you so long to figure that out. I don't know. It was just interesting. And then I looked at the stats at the time and Muzzin did have the, like, you know, his stats, he was a minus five and that was lower than anybody. But it seemed strange to sort of harp on it then. Either way, Alec Martinez in the next game. Yay, Alec Martinez. I like Alec Martinez. Me as well. Especially now that the Kings are uh, 2-0 with Alec Martinez in the lineup. I really like that. I, I enjoy that. If that, that could stay and that can be a thing. Okay, so then on Wednesday, Bobby Ryan and the Senators, is basically how I think of them now, um, <laughs> came in to visit the Kings. And it was, I mean, it was a, gr- it was a good game. It was a great first period. <laughs> first period, if that could be, you know, copy, paste for the rest of the game, that would have been great. Um, right off the top, Dustin Brown, after all of his his injury, his kind of like lack of performance on the top line, scores a pretty nice goal jumping out of the the penalty box. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was nice to, to have the captain once again um, contributing to the, the team. I loved that. I love that the way it happened so much because it was like that goaltender interference call, I thought was kind of shaky. And then so for him to, you know, sit and Kings to kill that and then for him to come out and score that goal right away, that was beautiful. I couldn't have, you know, imagined anything better. And then he he, he was kind of off and running for that entire period. Yeah, he was um, drawing penalties and being extremely physical and making plays. So it was... Um, it was really nice to, to see Dustin Brown back, getting back on point there. Yeah. Wasn't it a brownie penalty? Like, he drew a penalty, and that's what led to the second goal? Yeah. Then they were on the power play, and it was a big scramble in front of the net. Everyone kind of shooting away at Craig Anderson. And then, while he was down, kind of just lounging on the ice, Jeff Carter nets one up top for 2-0. to zero against the Senators, which which after uh, the the Rangers game, it was extremely heartening. The fun thing about the Carter goal was that the first time he shot the puck towards the net, people behind Anderson's net thought it had gone in, so they had started to cheer. But then it didn't go in, it was blocked, so the puck came back out. And as people were starting to sort of sit down and like be kind of embarrassed that they got excited, he shoots it again and it does go in. And so now the entirety of Staples gets to stand up and cheer for it. I thought that was really good. Like, thanks for not making people wait too long. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like if there, that's what Dustin Brown did a couple of games ago, thinking that Matt Fratton had uh, made that goal, but he didn't. So they're just following the captain's lead. It, it makes sense. So, uh, Oh, the other fun thing I just remembered about Dustin Brown's first goal was that he scored it off of a rebound from Bobby Ryan. So literally the play was Bobby Ryan to Dustin Brown score. Can Bobby Ryan be a king? I <laughs> like, would love can that. that. Could that happen? Because yeah. um, that would be really great for me personally. I think a number of Kings fans would be really down for that. I have no idea how it would happen uh, because it's not like Bobby Ryan is super cheap, but it would be beautiful. I, Twitter was awash with uh, everyone talking about how Bobby Ryan should be 
a future king, and I would be delighted because it was always, like, before he went to the Senators, it was always assumed he would go to the Flyers, mm-hmm. um, or at least, like, that was a very, you know, big possibility, and I want that, I want the Kings to take more things from the, the from the Flyers, for them to just be like, oh, I know you guys want Bobby Ryan, but we're gonna kind of take him back to California, thanks. Yeah. Come back to California, Bobby Ryan, and play for the correct team. Bobby Ryan was a junior king. Bobby Ryan should be an LA king. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> um, but he's not, and that's unfortunate. Um, anyway, so after those two goals, Dustin Brown came in and was like, you know, I really liked that whole scoring business I was doing, um, so I think I'm going to score another one. And assist master Jeff Carter tosses one over to him in front of the net and he tips it right in. So that was a beauty. And 3-0 going into the second. And I mean, I thought it was going to be great. I thought, I was like, hey, look, we're on fire. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, wait. This is the dominant game we were looking for. Everything was coming up LA Kings. (laughs) But then there's the second period to be had. And as... As, hist- as history dictates, all of the history that has happened so far, um, four games in the season, um, it didn't go so hot. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, the Kings, I don't even know. I don't know. They're just, they get, they, they seem to lose momentum too quickly so far. They start to, you know, get sloppy in their own zone and turn over some pucks and then it becomes really hard for them to get anything back. And then, uh, so from there, the Senators started to come on a lot stronger. They get a goal, and then it seems like, okay, <laughs> guess that's just what the Kings are going to let happen. But it was, it was second period, one goal gets scored, that's fine, going into the third, three to one, still a two-goal lead, would have rather had three, but, you know, that's fine, whatever. Um, and then, damn it, Bobby Ryan <laughs> scored for the Senators. I was actually really happy for him. Um, because I like Bobby Ryan, but not not against the Kings. Yeah, I was like, Bobby Ryan, why do you have to remember what team you're on for the time being? Why couldn't you just continue to play like you were already on the Kings that, and assist another goal? That would be great. Uh, and it actually was like, his power play goal was a result of Dustin Brown's second penalty, an- another interference penalty, though not on the goaltender, I don't think, this time. So it was like, you know, had some really great luck with the penalty situation for Dustin Brown in the first period, and then the opposite with this one where the Ottawa brings a game within one. And then someone else on the Senators scores a goal, and it's tied 3-3, three to three, nearing the end of the third. All of my nightmares have come true, and that we have let go of a three-goal lead. And um, I guess fortunately, uh, Clark MacArthur takes a bad tripping penalty and goes to the box and... Um, the Kings are on the power play for the last minute and a half of the game. It would have been nice if they could have scored at that time and there didn't have to be overtime. Could have won it in regulation. What? But <laughs> we can't have nice things. So we went to overtime and Jeff Carter once again saves the day. Jeff Carter. Although I have to say a lot of that shot, I mean, Props he got like the tip in. Yeah, but a lot of that shot goes to Mike Richards because he got it you know, through. It was a beautiful shot. Um, and then Jeff Carter was there to make sure that it gets tipped right into the goal um, where it belongs. So that's good. The Kings win it 
against the Senators. It was in overtime, but after the Rangers game, I will take that win. Yeah, it, I mean, it was good. And and again, like that first period was so dominant. Um, and what, you know, I've been wanting to see from the Kings that I was hoping that, you know, and I'm still hoping that they'll sort of take that moving forward and just build on it. And I think um, even though they didn't have one amazingly crazy good period in the Carolina game, they managed to sort of spread the energy out a little bit better. Um, they had four check going, so. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I think for me, actually, it's the person who nailed sort of the King situation so far was Willie Mitchell before the home opener even. He had this really great quote after practice or morning skate. Yeah, just looking forward to get back out there and um, doing what we all want to do. It's the winner division to give us home ice advantage and take another run at this thing because we know that we have a real good group and uh, really, really good group. You know, I played for a while and it's probably the best team I've been on in a while. Part of that can be a bit of our worst enemy, I think, this year is that we all know we have a really good team and just don't want that complacency to just say, okay, we have a good team. Just make sure that we bring the things that kind of have made us successful and kind of our identity as a team is we're a hardworking team, play a heavy game. And if we do those things, uh, we're going to be right in the mix if we stay healthy. I absolutely agree with that so far um, from the season. I think the team looks really strong. Even people I don't really like, like Robin Regeer, like I don't think he has earned top D pairing. He doesn't, he shouldn't be there. But I do think, you know, that he could also be a lot worse. And so overall, I think the Kings have a really strong team and it kind of is baffling in a way to see that they've had such a rough start kind of. I mean, it's not the worst start, but rougher than I'd like to see from them uh, because I feel like they should come out dominating. You know, they made it all the way to the Western, Western Conference Final. A lot of people picked them to win the division, um, make it back to the playoffs and do really well. So I think they kind of just have to get out of their own way and like hustle a little bit more. I don't know. It's a what little strange because um, it's essentially the same team. And it's weird that it seems to be also kind of like a chemistry thing. And I guess that there is a there is a lot of line juggling um, that's happening, which is bizarre. Like, tonight there was a Carter stole King line. Yeah. Which I, <laughs> what? I would not... I don't like that. <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not do that again. Um, so it, it's weird seeing them have to get their chemistry back when it's essentially the same team. Um, but I guess, you know, a new season, a new vibe... Uh, and hopefully it doesn't take them too long to kind of figure out the little foibles of working together and that we could start winning some games in regulation. (laughs) And at least we're not the worst. At least we're not the Rangers or, at this point, the Devils who have lost their first five games. Yeah, but for sure. And it's uh, it's kind of baffling because it does make me feel like I can't really see why things aren't clicking. Um, I mean... I could, you know, break it down and see why they're not clicking. They kind of have to be cleaner in their own zone. Passes need to connect. They got a forecheck. Get the forecheck going. Um, I know that when I look at it, but it's like, I don't really understand why those problems are happening with a team that's this good and has so much potential. So, I, yeah, I do think they just kind of have to not become their own worst enemy. All right, now that we've talked about all of the unimportant parts of what's happened with the LA Kings over the last week, let's talk about the most important thing, which is the premiere of Kings Weekly. And dude's stretching. That is 
dudes in flexible poses is kind of the best way for yeah. Kings Weekly to start, in my yeah. humble opinion. There was an interview um, with Jared Stoll. I can't remember exactly where now, but where he mentioned that he has a yoga studio in his house and that he loves yoga and does it all the time. And pretty much since I heard that, I was hoping that I could eventually see such a thing. So congratulations to me. And (laughs) um, thank you to Fox for bringing the kind of series that would just show me that kind of creepy thing. Um, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's supposed to be legit for them. Like, you know, it's they want to show how he stays in shape or I don't know, whatever, whatever. Who cares? He's doing yoga. There are lots of shots of his thighs. I really like I was going to say he's got great thighs. As I was watching it, I was literally I was like, I should stretch more. And <laughs> I'm sitting and I put like my leg up on the table. I was like, I need to be better. Right. Um, it had like that perfect one two punch of like being really satisfying on um a personal level, but also making you feel guilty about how you're not as in shape as uh, either Alex Curry or Jared Stoll. Oh, yeah, all of that was just like, take a look at yourself. Take a look at your <laughs> yeah. choices. I mean, I, everyone everyone I know does yoga and like eats organically. And just before this, I had 10 chicken nuggets. Amazing. So <laughs> I am not on the same plane as everyone else. But yeah, I, I liked it. And I'm very excited to see uh, what happens next with Kings Weekly. We um, pitched some things, so I hope they look at it <laughs> uh, because they, they can cover a lot of ground. I would be so pleased if uh, if they... <laughs> what if Kyle Clifford did one like near Halloween and it was just like bringing you around to like scary neighborhoods Shut and he's up. going and he's going through like a haunted house, but he scares one of the people there. The King's Weekly thing that I think they absolutely should do is an archery lesson with Mike Richards. And it wouldn't even be that hard. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there because um, I lived in the Valley. Balboa Park does free archery lessons Saturday mornings and Wednesday evenings. Just go there with Mike Richards, shoot some arrows at some stuff. It would be amazing slash terrifying because he looks like he might be pretty good at it. I don't know. I don't know if I want them to do like a Walking Dead themed archery lesson or a Mike Richards's Katniss Everdeen um, <laughs> themed Kings Weekly because uh, that would be pretty great. I think they could figure out a way to do some sort of combo situation. Or a Legolas <laughs> version. Do you think it's more likely that Mike Richards has seen The Walking Dead or The Hunger Games? The Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, for sure. So obviously Mike Richards is Katniss Everdeen. Oh boy. I'm, like, pondering it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, marinate on that. We've solved it. That's that's what it has to be. Big hit and down. I'm not sure he's okay. Uh, there's no question that this one's a penalty. A large five-minute major penalty power play for the Kings. Let's, uh... Let's talk about some five-minute major headlines, eh? Another thing that seems like it happened a million years ago, but actually was also on Monday, Peter Laviolette, Flyers head coach is actually no longer the head coach. He was fired. One, two, three games until (laughs) he was booted. Sad but expected, pretty much. I honestly think, I mean, I don't think this is a shocking thought, but come on, this happened because um, Holmgren is trying to cover his ass. He was like, something has to change, clearly. I don't yet want to be fired, but... Oh, I can think of something else. Oh, let's fire Lavulet. 
That's what happened. Oh, for sure. Meanwhile, Hextall is standing in the wings, like, tapping his foot impatiently. Oh, it's coming. Being like, I'm ready. Here I am. Let's do this. It's almost the Hextall era. I love seeing what's happening with the Flyers. Like, I I really, it's it's very entertaining. It's unfortunate that it all has to do with um, their management and how crazy it's all being and not about how, you know, how great they're playing or what have you. Um, But this is going to be an interesting sort of rebuilding of people. So if there's anybody who, I mean, other than the New York Rangers, the person who is probably the happiest about the fact that Jonathan Quick scored an own goal um, is Zach Bogosian, who in a game, uh, a just game against the Anaheim Ducks, managed to completely, like it was a tie game, and he managed to hand the game over by fanning on a pass and basically leaving this puck sitting right there for Corey Perry to just put in the net. It was terrible. I made a lot of fun of him. And then, you know, karma came back to bite me in the ass the very next day. (laughs) If there's anyone that you don't want, just like a casually scooting puck to go in front of, it's Corey Perry, because he will bury that. And he did. I think I said to a coworker, like, can you imagine anything worse? And then, which was How really baiting the universe. dare you? <laughs> How dare you? It is all your fault. It is. I'm it so is sorry. entirely your fault. <laughs> but whatever. Because the person that Jonathan Quick has to be grateful to is Tomas or Thomas Hurdle. Hurdle is the important part of this name. Uh, because the very next night, like after that embarrassing Rangers game, the Rangers go to San Jose and play the Sharks and get beaten 9-2 in large part due to uh, 19-year-old Thomas Hurdle um, or Tomas Hurdle, rookie on this team, who scores four goals. It was awesome. Like he scored his his hat trick and that was exciting and then scored a really nice fourth goal, which then became like a contentious point between everyone or well like two people adam oates in particular was a grump and was like i'm old school that's showboating blah 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 he's gonna get hit which is weird because this dude is literally involved with a team that has alexander ovechkin <laughs> who is not i mean he's a pretty he is captain player. he is captain of that showboat <laughs> I heard that I mean, and that was the part that I didn't get. I was like, dude, Ovechkin, though. Come on. I, I love Ovi. But I love him. Come on. <laughs> the goal was awesome. Hurdle's goal was awesome. His three goals before were awesome. Just let the kid have it. The entire story, the narrative was awesome. He was so smiley. It was so cute. He then talked about him in uh, Yager's butts. Like, it was great. <laughs> he talked about their butts. Because Yager is his fellow countryman. So someone oh. kind of, like, talked about it, and he was kind of comparing, not really comparing, sort of comparing himself to Yager, and mm-hmm. he said, I quote, both of us have big bottoms, and I just try to use my big bottom as Yager does. So wow. Hurdle is a gem, and I, I think he's great. That. I it, didn't hear that quote. That's amazing. <laughs> it was fantastic. He became the youngest player in the NHL to score four goals in one game since, interestingly enough, a Los Angeles Kings player, Jimmy Carson, in 1988. I would pretend that I would remember that time, but I was a year old. 
So depending on the month, I was just born. It made me wonder, actually, because I was like, I can't imagine this incarnation of the Kings scoring nine goals in one game. I just can't do it. But it made me wonder when was the last time that an LA Kings team scored nine goals in a game. And it turns out it was January 1st, 2008, which is much more recent than than I had was anticipating for some reason, even though that I don't know, I should have known. But whatever. January 1st, 2008 against the Chicago Blackhawks. And the score was actually exactly the same as that Sharks Rangers game. It was 9-2. The quote from head coach at the time, Mark Crawford, was no disrespect (laughs) intended with this comment, but their goaltending wasn't great tonight, which was just, I think, especially uh, hilarious for me in light of the recent popularity of hashtag no disrespect to (laughs) Ben Affleck. (laughs) Um, So that was pretty perfect. Dustin Brown, future captain at this point in his playing career, uh, had an assist on the game winner and then scored the eighth goal of that game unassisted. The Kings goaltender at the time was Jason LaBarber, who now plays for the Coyotes. And the Blackhawks goalie at the time was Kabi Bulin, who has been brought back to the Blackhawks. So good luck. One thing that I found interesting was that Adam Burrish, who now plays for the Sharks, but um, was on the Blackhawks at this time, managed to accrue 24 penalty minutes um, during this game. And that in and of itself isn't very like huge news, like whatever, someone else on the team got 25, but he managed to accrue 24 all at the same time. So (laughs) like six minutes into the third he six six and a half minutes into the third, he very quickly accrued twenty four minutes all at once. Didn't just spread beautiful. it out. Was just like, yeah, I'm done playing this game. Yeah, just beautiful. I would like to see. I mean, not a repeat since a lot of the players are different, obviously, but essentially like a rehash of this type of game against the Blackhawks. It would make me very happy to see the Kings win against them nine two. It would just please me to I it, to see the Kings score nine nine goals. Yeah, period. Against anybody, let's do it. So not only was it super fantastic to see Hurdle get his four goals, even more of a gift was everything about Joe Thornton's comments about said about just him scoring four goals. Um, so good. Joe Thornton was super snappy at a reporter, and he was just like quote, I'd have my cock out if I scored four goals. I'd have my cock out stroking it. Joe Thornton, what a treat. (laughs) Um, That is a quote for the ages, and I'm so pleased that we all have that. I'm I'm glad that we all spent, you know, that those couple of hours after that just relishing in it via Twitter. Oh, for sure. Like, all of uh, hockey Twitter became penis jokes. Which is honestly kind of the best. That is how hockey so- social media should be, talking about goals and penises. And then it actually turned out that there was like kind of a little bit of a, a debate about whether or not it was off the record or if he thought it was off the record and whether or not he was going to be mad. But whatever. It's a great quote. I think there should be more quotes. Not exactly like that, necessarily, but uh, uh, great sound bites from players that are just like, I don't know, more honest. I think it was like the best way to see him to see a teammate sort of come to the defensive hurdle. Just like, let's be, let's be real here, people. 
that was and awesome. in a very colorful way. Um, yeah. Another thing that I liked is among the reactions was Joe Thornton's brother has a Twitter yeah. and commented oh, on it and was like, meanwhile in San Jose, mom has the soap in hand for the brother's dirty mouth. <laughs> Am I now the good kid? And so, I mean, they're all taking it in great stride. I think it's fine. Um, people can be offended if they want. They should get better senses of humor. I think it's fantastic. Oh yeah, I I loved that. I thought it was um, I thought it was hilarious. I also need um, him to not against the Kings immediately score four goals. That was the other thing I thought about, and which I tweeted about too, which is uh, him sliding around Staples Center ice and like blowing kisses to fans or Sharks fans and possibly also Kings fans. Who who, know, who even knows? In um, Staples Center and was like, you know what? Got off easy. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew it could have been worse? Um, so much worse. Although, if I end up going to a Sharks game sometime, which hopefully I will, I am just going to have, like, a stuffed rooster. Yeah. Just, like, with me in my bag, just in case. Oh, for you sure. You know, what if it happens? And if he could pick that up and then just pet it, I think yeah. I would Oh, implode. yeah. I can't wait to see, like, the And first he would things. be my new favorite player, and I would buy a jersey. Um... Well, that's all we have for this week, I think. So we will catch everybody next week. Uh, We will probably talk more about the games and also, obviously, whatever the next installment of Kings Winkly is, because that is important to us. And until then, be safe. Bye, friends.